Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. All right. Hey, PCC, special shout out to our house churches gathering. And whether you're in home by yourself or with your family or in a house church, I am so glad you've joined us today. We usually take this month of September and lay out what we see as the vision and restate the values of why we exist as a church. That's never been more needed than right now in these COVID times. So let's pray together and we're going to jump into a brand new series we're calling Radiant. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we can be gathered. Lord, you know the times we're living in. And Lord, we believe you are greater than anything facing us. And we ask in this time that as a church, you would stir our hearts with what stirs yours. You would give us eyes to see what you see. We need you. Lord, we don't have what it takes in and of ourselves to be the people you want us to be in this time. So we are dependent and we are crying out for your grace and your mercy. Meet us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me ask you a question. What headlines are filling your minds these days? What headlines are filling your mind right now? Andy Stanley is a pastor and an author, and in a blog he wrote this, sometimes I just want it to stop. Headlines on our homepages of COVID, racial pain, protests, politics, looting, brutality, fires. I become convinced this is the new normal for the rest of my life. But then I met an 87-year-old named Max who talked of living through polio, diphtheria, the Vietnam War and protests, and yet he's still enchanted with life. He sees surprise when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago not to see the world through printed headlines. I see the world through people who surround me and love big. And I choose, he said, to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. And then he patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. Stanley writes, his words collided with my worries, freeing them from the tether that I had been holding tight. They float away and I am left with a renewed spirit in a renewed way to write my own headlines. I'll ask it again. What headlines are filling your minds today? Here's mine. COVID ruins two daughters' high school and college graduation. Online school due to COVID sends the Gadini family parents scrambling and increases stress. Racial tensions and unrest reach an all-time high and hit home for the Gadinis who are a transracial family. What headlines are filling your mind? I want you to take 90 seconds, and whether you're home alone, think it through, or if you're in a group, discuss, what are the headlines filling your minds? Ready? Go.
You know, experts say we spend on average seven hours in front of screens, consuming five times more information every day than people did 50 years ago. We are flooded with headlines that are created to cause fear and click-throughs, and they're not helping us. And as followers of Jesus, I'm gonna tell you my primary concern for me and for you. We are basing our reality on this tsunami of headlines. And no wonder we're losing hope and peace and purpose. As Jesus followers, we are created to bring hope and peace and purpose. And here's why, not because we deny reality, but because we are, we are saturated with a greater headline the headline of the Word of God and the Kingdom of God. For the next three weeks, I am going to lay out for you as clearly as possible four headlines that I believe God has impressed on me, He's impressed on the leadership of PCC, and He wants to impress on every Christ follower who calls PCC home to proclaim to the world. I don't want you to miss one week of the next three weeks because I want everyone at PCC to understand these are deep-seated convictions in my life and the life of leadership. I'm looking for you, actually, to join the staff, the leadership team, and me in driving a stake in the ground and giving ourselves collectively at this time to a great kingdom work that God has for us in the coming year. You know, we have a new backdrop that I'm giving this message from, and it's blank. And that even represents our year, a blank slate, a fresh start. Every day we get new morning mercies. And I am more excited than ever to step into, and more afraid than ever, to step into this year and trust God. I need us to do this together. Our text for the next three weeks will be the book of Ephesians, which by most every commentator's opinion is the most significant church in the New Testament. And we're calling this series Radiant because in Ephesians 5, 27, that's what Paul calls a church, a radiant church, a radiant bride. And friends, in these dark times, and they are dark, PCC is committed to being a radiant, shining light, drawing people to Christ and to hope. Sounds good, doesn't it? Don't you want to be part of that? I know I do. Now, I want to lay a foundation for radiance in the first two weeks in these four headlines in Ephesians 2. So open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Turn your Bibles on, whatever, Ephesians 2. And here's the big idea. Radiant churches are filled with radiant Christ followers. Radiant churches are filled with radiant Christ followers. Friends, this is one of the richest passages in all the Bible for what it means to be ignited in Christ, to be saved, to know that you and God are good, to know that when you die, you have the assurance of heaven. This passage is the foundation that drives everything we do. We're recording this right now, and a hundred, more than 100 meals are going off our campus to the under-resourced areas of Redwood City. You know what drives it? This passage. Uh, we feed people on the streets through a ministry called Street Life that we're behind. You know what drives that? This passage. You know why we care about racial unity? This passage. Open to Ephesians 2, verse 1. And let me unpack two of the headlines. Here's the first. Headline one, humans have rebelled and cut themselves off from God. Humans have rebelled and cut themselves off to, from God. Let's pick it up in Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, as for you, that's you and me, 
You were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed. Look at that word followed. Uh, that's putting it mildly. In the original language this book was written in, the Greek language, it means to be mastered or controlled by something. We were under the control. What of? When you followed the ways of this world, our culture, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. There's spiritual forces at work that are holding every human being captive, and it's wreaking havoc in our culture. Verse three, all of us have lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. And here's that word again, and following, as if we don't have a choice, we are being mastered, is desires and thoughts. In other words, this is why you are and I uh, can be mastered by things that we don't have control over. We're mastered by food. Some are mastered by debt or pride or prejudice. Some are mastered by politics. They think their life is going to end after November 3rd, depending on who does or doesn't get into office. Some are mastered by porn. Or you're mastered by alcohol or substance or the devil's lettuce or social media likes. You need to be liked on social media. You can't walk away from it. You're mastered by it. Friends, this describes our culture. And this is the worst part of Ephesians 2 under the first headline. Like the rest... We were, by nature, in other words, to the core, deserving of wrath. The first thing you need to know, it's a core conviction, it's the headline that drives PCC, is every human being born on this planet is physically alive, but spiritually, it says in verse 1, dead. Think about it. That word means the inability to respond to any stimulus. You know, I lost my parents. I didn't lose them. I know where they are. But they died five and two years ago. I remember distinctly when my dad died. You know, the driving principle and value my dad instilled in us was family was everything. Family was everything. That's why at night, whenever the car drove up Stone Drive in Nevada where I lived, whatever I was doing, it was time to go home and gather around the dinner table as a family. That's why every Sunday we couldn't make plans because that was family day where we go visit up in Hillsburg, uh, aunts, uncles, or in San Francisco, or even in Redwood City where my grandmother lived. Sunday was family day. So now fast forward and my dad's gone. And before the memorial, we met at the cemetery. I'll never forget it. We gathered around his casket just as a family, the siblings, my brother, my sister and I, our kids, and we just shared stories. It was so rich. It was everything my dad gave his life for. It was his ultimate success. And we laid hands on that casket. I've got a picture of it. And we just prayed and thanked God for my dad. It was the ultimate. But here's the reality. My dad was there. His body was there. But he didn't respond at all. It was everything he gave his life for. And he didn't cheer he didn't say, thank you. Why? Because he was dead. He couldn't respond. Friends, this is the spiritual condition Paul lays out. And I know it's not good news, but before we get to the good news, we have to face reality. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. 
We're dead. What causes that condition? We can't respond to God. We need a rescue. We are created to be in relationship with God, but we can't respond to him. What causes it? Look in verse 1. Dead in our transgressions and sins. To transgress means to go too far, to go through a boundary. To sin means to fall short and miss the mark of a standard. Both of them paint a picture of the human condition. Raise your hand if anyone who's watching this video has lived their life perfectly the way God designed it. Raise your hand. I'm not raising mine either. We've all gone too far and crossed boundaries spiritually, uh, morally. All of us have not gone far enough and we've missed the mark of God's standard. Welcome to the human condition. When it comes to God and his standard for character, for relationships, for morality, for identity, for creation care, for self-care, we all have either gone too far or haven't gone far enough. Friends, we exist for people like this because this isn't the end of the story. This is just the start. Jesus came to give a better headline over this first headline. I want you to meet someone named Kathy. Kathy is one of the highlights of my COVID experience. I'll let you hear her story in her own words and listen to her headline of being dead. She said, I always considered myself to be a Christian. My parents divorced when I was six months old. So weekends were spent with daddy. Growing up with my sister Kelly, I went to church with him and enjoyed all the activities. I heard all the Bible stories. We'd even have Bible trivia for nickels and dimes when we would, uh, and pick out treats to the store after church. And Kelly always kicked my butt, she said. Around high school, I stopped going to church. And I went the party route at the University of Kentucky. That's where Kathy lives. I never questioned whether God existed. I just really had no interest in going to church. In 2004, Daddy got sick. And one of his dying wishes was that I become a Christian. In 2007, I lost two of my closest friends within 24 hours of each other in two separate car accidents. One was a Christian, the other wasn't. And as I dealt with my dad's death and my friend's death, there was always, I'll see you again. But my other friend's death, I wondered. Fast forward three years. I'm still living a good life, by her own opinion, but I met a psychic. And we had conversations. Those conversations turned into talking to dead people. And when the psychic said, hey, you're a psychic. You can talk to dead people on your own. I'm not sure how I felt about that. I lived in a hundred-year-old house. I was scared to death. My sister Kelly and other family members were concerned that Satan was being sneaky and wedging his way in. My friends, this is the condition of dead people spiritually. Kathy was very alive intellectually. She's an incredibly smart, intelligent, successful person. Very alive emotionally. Very alive relationally. But spiritually, she was dead. Is that the end of the story? Listen, you need to know, while human beings are loved by God, every human being bears the image of God, every human being is deeply scarred, deeply broken. Every human being, by nature, is a spiritual rebel. And look at the end in verse 4. By nature are objects of wrath. There is no way out of this human predicament, humanly speaking. Friends, I want you to think about this. 
This is a core conviction that's gonna drive our year. Humanity is more desperate than we realize. The good news is, that's not the only headline. The second headline in our state of utter despair, dead, uh, following our desires with no way out, causing destruction on ourselves, deserving wrath, the second headline comes into play in the passage. Here's the second headline. God did the unthinkable when humans rebelled. He ran after them to rescue them. This is the good news. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I can't sing it. It would ruin the message. But friends, this is the story of every stakeholder at PCC. We're not better than. We've just been rescued. Let's pick it up in verse 4. Look at this. What does God think of dead people? Look, look. Verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. I want you to just look at that. God didn't look at our rebellion. We shook our fist at God. We ran away from God. We've marred his creation. We've caused pain to people and to creation. We are not okay. We're not just a little off center. We're in trouble, friends. And what is God's response? It is not, look at verse four. It's not you disgust me. It's not shape up. It's not get better. It's not prove to me you want it. It's not you made your bed, now sleep in it. Friends, those aren't, those aren't messages from God. Sadly, those are messages from some churches. But that is not the headline from heaven. Look what it says in verse 5. He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. The contrast in that verse couldn't be any more uh, vast. We were dead, and Christ made us alive. It is by grace that you have been saved. What's the number one need of dead people? Life. Life. Christianity is not about becoming nicer. Christianity is not about adding morality to our personality mix. Christianity is not about starting a new religious routine. It's about taking someone who's dead in sin, providing new life through grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. Jesus didn't die to make bad people good. He died to give life to dead people. Because good people don't go to heaven. They don't. Forgiven people go to heaven. And the good news is you can be forgiven by Christ. The good news is you can have a new start in Christ. Everyone qualifies for that. Everyone we lay eyes on, PCC. And we want to get this message out as wide and far as we can. It's what drives all our social programs so we can have a hearing through social justice with people and let them know God loves you. Come on a journey to me, to the driest place on the planet. Anyone want to guess where that is? It's the Atacama Desert in Chile. It's a place with so little life, so little moisture, that when they're doing research on what the surface of Mars could be like, they send people here. You can see from this picture, this is not a place where you see humans flourishing. This desert, in fact, nothing is flourishing. This place is dead. This is a picture of death. Well, several years ago, they had a storm, and I'm not making this up. That storm brought seven years of rain in 12 hours. 
Something unexpected happened when that much rain came at one time in the middle of the desert. That desert experienced what we call a super bloom. See, the entire desert bloomed because buried beneath the desert uh, were thousands and thousands of seeds of flowers. But it wasn't until there was an outside source bringing water that the seeds were regenerated and brought to life. You know where I'm going with this. It's a picture of salvation. See, friends, the image of God is in every human being. That's why every human being deserves rights as a church. We, we value everybody, regardless. Everyone you ever lay eyes on has the image of God in them. But God wants to rain down his spirit on every person so that our lives become radiant. Our lives become a super bloom. God's spirit wants to rain down on our life and bring to life everything that's dormant. And our church is filled with stories of this. Dormant lives coming to life. Dormant marriages being renewed. Dormant relationships being reconciled. Dormant outlooks being uh, regenerated. Friends, this is what drives us at PCC. For those who call PCC home this year amidst a culture of death, especially in our COVID-19 2020 year, uh, this time has never been more poignant to come alive in Christ and live radiant lives that write kingdom headlines. That's Kathy's story. Let me pick up her story. Let's go into 2020 now. She said one Friday night, Around that time, my father appeared to me in a dream. In it, he said, I need to talk to Gary Gadini, Kelly's pastor. He said, that was the key to my life. So I shared this with my sister and she said, well, you should talk to him. I had no clue where to start. Hey, Gary, my dead dad told me we should talk. <laughs> I had a trip planned out to California, so I got in contact and said, can we meet up then? We never met up then. And then she said, what followed was the worst month of my life. The lowest point when I realized my baby boy wasn't happy because his mother wasn't happy. My resolution, to smile at my child more, but also to have total control of everything. Do you see how she's scrambling for life and God's pursuing her even through a dream to draw her to himself. In April of 2020, I was busy, busy, busy. Busy watching social media fights break out and joining in. And if anyone said a crossword, don't get this redhead in your, in your face, she said, I would just take him down. And while I was doing an interview for a local news agency about the mass group I created during COVID, I got a call from Gary Gadini. I declined it because I assumed he was butt dialing me. A couple days later, he texted me at one in the morning. Now, just to be clear, it wasn't one in the morning my time. I don't text people at one in the morning. Uh, but God had put her on my heart, and so I texted her the night before Easter and said, Kathy, join us online, okay? Telling him, God was telling Gary to pray for me. He invited me to Easter services with their church. He said I was just one click away from joining that community. I happily accepted his invitation. And on Easter morning, I was able to virtually attend services with my sister, Kelly. 
And I joined on the following Sunday, and on the following Sunday, and on the following Sunday. And I cried all the way through the services, she said. April 27th was the Monday after a really, and this is her language, crappy weekend. But Kelly and I were communicating, and I'll truncate this story, bottom line, her sister Kelly shared the gospel again with her sister Kathy, and on April 27th, Kathy gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she writes, what changed everything, everything, my slate was wiped clean. A new headline was written over Kathy's life. And during COVID, Kathy's been part of our community. She's watching this message. Shout out to you, Kathy. She's been part of a rooted group. And through our women's mentoring, she's been mentored by her sister, but also by an older godly woman, Rita, in our church. Uh, and Kathy's life is changing before our very lives, eyes. Kathy hopes to come out soon and be baptized here in our community. And when COVID lifts, we're going to plug her into a local church in her community. Friends, that's Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 laid out before us. We were dead, but God loved us and through his grace made us alive. We got to land the plane. So let's jump down to verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one should boast. Kathy received the gift, but it wasn't really received until she embraced it and opened it. Uh, we just celebrated my wife's birthday. I won't tell you what number. But you know what? My daughters and I went out and we bought gifts. That wasn't good enough. We wrapped gifts. That wasn't good enough. We presented gifts. That wasn't good enough. It was only until Anne received and opened the gift that the whole process was made complete. PCC, I want you to know, at the core of our year going forward is offering the gift of eternal life to everybody and anybody we know how. We are driven by this good news called the gospel that it is by grace that people get saved through faith in Christ. And that word saved is a big word in the New Testament. Jesus is called the savior of the world more than 24 times. Uh, his name, you know what Jesus means? God saves. Remember what the angel said to the shepherds? Unto you this day a savior has been born to you. This is a really important word. Jesus even said, he gave his life mission, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So friends, this year, I want you to know clearly, what is driving us is these two headlines, and there's two more coming next week, and then we'll wrap it up the week following. The headline that every person born is physically alive but spiritually dead. And then the second headline, that Jesus came and ran after dead people like me, like many of you, to offer us new life. We are going to become an inviting, praying community, praying that God awakens our land. The hope of our land right now is the gospel, that Jesus is for you, and he came to offer you new life. So we're going to wrap up here, and we're going to pick it up next week, but I want to ask some questions. If you identify as a follower of Jesus, I want to ask you this question. What are the headlines dominating your outlook these days? Which headlines get more weight in your mind and in your life? The ones on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever you get your news source from? 
or the headlines of the scriptures? Are you saturating your mind with the word of God? And then through the filter of the word of God, are you interpreting the times? I know these are bleak times. I'm, saying don't, I'm not saying don't read the headlines. Be informed, but be transformed by the word of God. That's what I'm saying. Followers of Christ, we are going to uh, invite you like never before this year to get in a growth group. We're going to be going through a study on the fruit of the spirit and other things. We need followers of Christ to be just that, people following the ways and words of Jesus. Listen, this is really important. If you're not yet a Christian or you don't identify as a follower of Christ, um, I want you to hear me. We love you. You are welcome in this community. You always will be. But our goal is not to make you religious. Our goal is to introduce you to the one who can bring life to you and write a new headline through your life. You are actually more loved than you ever realized. And you're more broken than you ever realize. And you're literally one word away from a brand new life. You know what that word is? Yes. Yes, I'm doing my life my way, God. Yes, you love me and you died, Jesus, for every act of rebellion towards you. Yes, here's my life. Do what Kathy did. Here's my life. Take it, enter in. Fill me with your spirit so I can have a new headline and a million new headlines written over my life. Have you ever said yes to Jesus? You can do that right now. We're gonna close in prayer and I'm gonna invite you to say yes. And if you've already said yes, to say to Jesus, I do it all over again. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for the richness of this passage. Thank you so much, Jesus, for not being put off by my rebellion, but running after me to rescue me. And Lord, I pray for every person listening who, like me, has been rescued. Lord, may we join you because you want to do that and you want to write that headline of rescue over so many more people. Lord, how many people in my circle of influence are only one invitation away from having their whole life transformed. I pray this year, more than ever before, PCC is praying and inviting our friends to join and gather with us like never before. And for those who've never said yes to you, Lord, I pray that this one word would be their heart's cry, yes. If that's you, say it right now, yes. You can even say it out loud. Yes, Jesus, I have been a spiritual rebel. Yes, Jesus, you love me with the greatest love of the universe. Yes, you died to give your life for me and for my sins. Yes, come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. And yes, write a headline and millions of headlines through my life that are supernatural. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus, listen to the host. He'll tell you a text number, how we can get you information on how to grow in Christ. And PCC, don't miss next Sunday because we're going to gather and pick up the next two headlines. And then afterwards, we're going to gather for a town hall meeting and really flesh out the priorities for the year. God bless you, PCC. Jesus loves you. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.